in my mind wasn't wellness at the time, but turned out to be the best thing I ever did. I, I lived in the woods for 135 days. We each have our own gift to give, and yours is unique. Welcome to the Calvin Corelli Show. I'm really excited to have you. Hey, everybody. Calvin Corelli here with Hollis Carter. Hollis is a co-founder, I guess, of Baby Bathwater, correct? Yes. Correct. correct yeah. Good. Baby Bathwater is this uh, entrepreneurial community that I just joined formally. I've been like begging Hollis to let me in basically since January, since I was at your guys' event in Cabo, Mexico. Um, and then pandemic hit. <laughs> and you guys are in the events business. And, and so obviously that got shut down just a smidgen, just a little yeah, bit. A little bit. <clears throat> and so, yeah, we're here. Um, I've like, you guys are onto something really, really unique with what you're doing with baby bathwater. So that's why I wanted to, to dive in a little bit deeper, get to know you a little bit better and share um, you and your journey with your, with my audience. So yeah, hey, Hollis. Correct. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a it's been a few years and a few months. It feels like um, over this last little bit. I know, right? Yeah. I I when when this stuff came down, I did not see it lasting this long. Right. Um, yeah. The the, 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 the shut down travel doesn't last too much longer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, in March, they shut down travel from Europe. I have two kids over in Denmark. They were going to be here in April. That didn't happen. But I was like, well, July, summer holiday. Obviously, they're going to be here. That didn't happen, right? Now we're like, I know you guys had an event planned in October, right? That you moved to next year? Yeah, I mean, our first one was actually in Italy in June. That was the first one we had to postpone, Oh, and, which was interesting. Sign me up for that, by the way, next year. I know there's a wait list. Yeah, we're going to like move really? that one. I'll throw you on that waiting list one. Uh, that one seems to be a hot ticket. But like, what's funny is we were kind of early on before people in the States were really believing that this whole thing was real because our first event that was coming up after the Cabo one that uh, you attended in January was in Italy where the whole thing kind of started uh, it and shut down right. started happening so we were yeah you know, dealing with that and we're like oh we'll still be able to do our our next one that was a few months later in, in utah and this one and we thought we were postponing one and then before we knew it there was one then it was two then it was three and i felt like i spent two weeks sitting with my business partner just around a table with our ops manager just like be like okay how do we handle this what do we do we want to be like you know showing that we're betting on the long term and not a lot of short-sightedness started happening with event companies like i remember sitting at the Boulderado restaurant here out at the bar <clears throat> with like five people who were laid over here before they were going to expo west and they all had booths they were members of baby bathwater and um it was night before half of them were already there setting up their booths and all this and then they got an email the whole thing was canceled uh, and we were in Austin when South by Southwest was going on and then it got canceled very last minute. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, we're feeling the pinch now from how we handled it, but I know it'll be good in the long run. But what we basically decided to do is postpone <clears throat> our Italy event, our Utah event and our New Orleans event. Cause then we can put them in late 2021 when hopefully that's a, enough time for the world to work its stuff out. But the way our, you know, our membership works, which is why I was a little slow getting back to you on some of this, was handling everybody who, you know, event is included in their membership. 
<clears throat> and so some people got really lucky. They came to the Cabo and used their free ticket. And our policy, what we did is we actually just told everyone there's no renewing billing for if you had paid full for a membership for that year or for this year. So we essentially this month would be, you know, billing about two and a half million dollars membership that we're not doing, um, which sucks for the, the pocketbook for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But I actually have more confidence in the business moving forward mm -hmm. because the buy-in from the group of how we handle it. Because a lot of these people are parts of many other groups that were pretty bullish with their refund policies and how they handled it when COVID wasn't any single individual's fault and they seemed to pass the blame down. Um, and uh, another highlight that came for us. Well, is, and also, I mean, if you can survive that, right, you can survive a lot of things, right? Like, yeah, totally. I mean, that was the, the cat. We have a full time team and an office and deposits. And that was the other crazy pinch since you have entrepreneurs here will know this is <clears throat> in the insurance policies for all these events. There is a clear thing. Obviously, insurance companies are smart that, you know, these types of diseases do not cause majeure kind of thing. Right? Force majeure or anything. So, it's you know, insane, we, could right? have, we could have had enough funds to weather through just with getting those deposits back, about a million dollars in deposits out as well. Um, luckily, our vendors, we had really good relationships with all of them and realized we could all screw each other here a little bit if we played the, the letter of all of our contracts. But instead, we said, hey, give us another date and we'll let you keep the full, you know, deposits. Right but we're not changing anything and you're not saying that we canceled. You're not saying, we're not saying you canceled because no one really was protected when we got down to it. And so that was like a month's worth of going back and forth and figuring out like, how do we handle that? So, you know, money. On Do you enjoy that kind of stuff? <laughs> um, yes and no. I actually really enjoy strategizing, especially mm -hmm. like seeing my partner just being like, Hey, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario doing all that? Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you, I did have one night of um, drinking and going a little crazy when I, my top blew off with my partner. I'm like, because this year was this is our seventh year in business. It was going to be the first year that like all of our systems were in place. The team was humming. We had just kind of paid ourselves like oh, a salary. It never really was like, there's more for relationships than making a bunch of money. Right. And it had finally kind of worked. And we were going to get bonuses this year. Our significant others were pumped. Um, right. You know, and so. So what was it? What was it? Sort of like, what did you have to face in yourself? What was your inner growth from this? What was your inner transformation? Yeah, I mean, uh, going to that like scenario room, sitting there and beating it up was. Here's the way I think most people are gonna handle it, and it's the way that your like gut goes when something mm. bad's happening, which is like protect all your cash and resources, and you know, kind of shut down where. I actually got really excited, like hair standing up on the back of the neck when it was sort of like, okay, let's go the other way. Let's mm. say we're in this for the long haul together and we'll be the first ones to take a hit before you. Uh, it felt better, I think, you know, emotionally and morally and all that now, as we're having to be to start a whole nother business to fix the hole in the bucket, that part's super annoying for my time because I love all my little side hobbies of wellness and adventure activities, which are taking a, a hit as I grow a few other things. But, um, you know, it was, it was a crazy battle and I was happy that me and my partner lived in the same town and we could meet in person and do it. it gave me a you lot met in of, person? Oh my know, God. We actually kept our office open. Like, <laughs> and it was like, 
we were doing uh cake at the office and ordering the food do the whole thing yeah. I'm actually, I'm doing some mastermind dinners here at my house in person, right? And there are people who are like, sure, fine. Like, you know, yeah. they, they've seen the data, they don't care. And then there are people that are, that are like, no, call it. Yeah, yeah. we just actually hosted our first thing during the pandemic. It was a 30-person event at my house. Um, mm. And we followed the CDC guidelines the best we could and did the whole thing to protect ourselves. So we didn't end up like in the bad, in a bad part of press or something, you know, uh, <laughs> right. we had wristbands so that people didn't have to talk about it. So if you were a red wristband, it meant, you know, that you want full distance. They had their own bathroom set up. They had a yellow oh, nice. wristband, which is like, I'll give you an elbow bump. And then green uh, was like, I don't care about this thing. Give me a hug. Um, <laughs> nice. That's was, cool. I like that. So, you know, that, how, what was the distribution? It's like 90% green. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. And you have the entrepreneur risk-taking crowd. I think it lends itself right. there. And uh, the only, we only had one red actually. It was more that they had a family uh, member who they were more worried about in that situation. <laughs> Poor um, red person stuck in the backyard all alone. Yeah. But what was nice about the bands, no one had to talk about it and feel like right. socially weird. They could just like, you know, no one even yeah. discussed it much. They just kind of give a glance at your wrist and see how right. close it to you. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people like compliment you guys on how well you handle it. Like what you were talking about, like just, okay. So yeah, we're just going to like extend everybody basically through, through next year. Right. And then. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think the indecision is me and Michael and our team, we will love running this business and the fact that it started to work profitably this year or it was going to <laughs> was like the most exciting Thing ever because you know my background and my partner's background was very much in digital marketing he had a supplement business i had info courses we had publishing businesses all those things and i was going to tons of conferences because i hated learning from books and courses even though i sold books and courses it's like i'm a dyslexic terrible student but you know when i learned about but wanted to engage in business and do stuff i went and hung out in the lobby at these places and talked to people there um, and that was my favorite part about being an entrepreneur, just meeting other entrepreneurs and talking to them. So to be able to do it, if, if time is anything, so every other business I ever did, three years was about my maximum amount of time. I'm like a fire starter. I hate keeping the fire. Mm-hmm. But this one, I want to do it for 50 years. Uh, right. like, like people, awesome. have people who are like, I'd love to take that over one day when you get older kind of thing. Cause they did I love it. how like that when you find that thing that you're like, Hey, I'm, I just want to keep doing this. And, and, and you know, it's, it's the thing that you do. It's the people that you're doing it with. Right. It's, it's the, there's always something new. There's, there's opportunity to grow within that. That's so amazing. And it sounds like it kind of, there's something that just kind of sort of you fell into right from, from going yeah, this to conferences. Not something we wrote a, a detailed business plan. <laughs> right. uh, call it the uh, revisionist vision. We just change, you know, we look at it every year and go, what's next? You know, our, our you know, um, origin story, I guess, is like me and Michael both sold our businesses, moved to the same town and said, what do you want to do next? We should work together because we basically just went to conferences together with separate businesses for a decade. Um, mm. We liked the same people. We didn't like the same people. What was your favorite conference? Good question. I mean, I kind of like, I I almost love the really bad ones the best because hmm. um, I always end up meeting the best people because we didn't go to the conference. Like mm-hmm. one of my best things was going to this one conference in Vancouver that marketed itself really well um, back in like the 
probably 2007 or something. And, you know, people were just getting good at webinars. I had a course on webinar and a software product with it. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be, I'm going to clean house at this thing. And I went and it was just a crazy theatrical pitch fest um, mm. where the, everyone who bought the ticket was part of their big shell game to get to do something. And I kind of got a group of like 50 people and we did a tour of Vancouver for three days and talked business and life and went and ate amazing food um it's so. funny how like that you know to bring people because like there's that like that friction there's something there has to be some sort of friction right that you can that that can spark mm-hmm. these connections then you can that you can talk about i love yeah. what, i love what you said there but i think my favorite there was one in 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 austria in vienna austria years ago called SchnitzelConf. it was a one-day conference it's a it's a lady named amy hoy She's American. Um, she got into information marketing, online courses, that kind of stuff early on as well. And she did this one day conference. Her, her boyfriend is Thomas. Um, it's like early web pioneer people. And they had, they had Toby, Tobias Lutke from Shopify. He was yeah. one of the speakers. Uh, the guy, obviously before they went IPO and before they blew up. I, Gary Vaynerchuk saw the site and liked it and tweeted it out and and it was like cool. had a lot of buzz. It was like way early. I was I was I'm gonna say like 2004 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you times. guys remember like uh, Underground, but that was where I met a lot of Underground, like Yannick Silver's thing. Yeah, yeah. So I spoke yeah. about it a few times and attended. Yeah, that. I was there. I was at that in DC in what well, year has that been? That is, I think it's like 2009. Cool. I think 2009 is when I won the drinking contest. <laughs> a couple people went to the hospital. It was like a, it was last oh, year shit. they did it, and uh, but I had been well trained. Um, and I was just like fresh out of college, and was like, I was holy crap. You know? uh, <laughs> but he used to do a charity drinking contest on the last night, where people would sponsor each person, see how far they'd go, and they'd donate money to leukemia research. Um, oh my god. But that sounds like a terrible idea. It was. Um, my brother was a ski bum, and and he told me you know, these guys that were. Oh yeah, my 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 brother was a ski bum in France, like you know you know for for a season, and they were they had drinking contests as well, and one guy won and then like passed out, like literally died from. Yeah, no, it made me feel like a superhero because I was up like continued to go out after it and a couple people ended up going to the hospital and stuff but you know I, I was that was kind of my funny thing is like I was in college um and you know I was a raft guide and did all these things I didn't think I'd become like an actual like business I, like, I almost had a friction against business people I was always entrepreneurial because I sucked at school and I was bad with authority and things like that but uh you know I got injured and got into the internet marketing things. I had a nine, what was it? A nine week period where I couldn't walk because I had a broken foot. And so did my like best friend. Mm. Uh, two completely different things within two days of each other, which was an odd coincidence. But uh, we like started Googling how to make money on the internet. And just cause you had to make money somehow or. Like, yeah, we were just laid up and both of our jobs involved physicality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, before we were both out of our casts, we had a pretty decent online business running because we met this guy from a Craigslist ad who had bought every make money online course known to man with his like um, compensation from leaving the military. And we were driving two hours a day down to this double wide trailer office in South Georgia. Wow. And he was like, here's all the courses I got sold in the back of a room. Let's just start 
you know, implementing them. Nice. Wow. And, you know, before we knew it, like my entry was managing a lot of email lists of all the guru people who people read their books and their courses. So my like entrance into it was much more like, oh, these guys are, they're just figuring it out too. They don't know anything more mm. than they're just selling their old information and things like right, that. Right. That's been one of the sort of my main lessons is being someone who, who, you know, grew up in Denmark and then looked to like America has been so dominating when it comes to culture in my entire life. Right. And then you, you move over here and you realize like all these people are just like regular dudes. I remember like one of my friends, I mean, obviously Breaking Bad and Brian Cranston is like not something that I grew up with, but still like, like he's like, yeah, I mean, we, you know, he's like my uncle he's not literally an uncle but he's a friend of the family and they go to ball games like all these people are just like people right they're just regular people yeah that's the weird part of my life I've, like uh lots of like quote unquote famous people or athletes and stuff i have in my life and i think it's because i don't watch culture or tv or i don't watch any sports or do any of these things so i mean they are just regular people to me and i got involved in some of these you know, more status networking things at one point and um, do it all the time. Like, do you know who you were just sitting with for the last hour? And I'm like, the cool guy, Jermaine or whatever, you know, and like, uh, and people like, that's this rapper or whatever. And um, always been something where I think both my parents were psychologists. I can just sit and talk and I'm truly actually interested in a lot of folks where, you know, someone who might have a, a brand online or be famous, like they're used to being treated as sort of weird because people have this right, thing right. and it's not it's, I mean it's not pleasant to be on the receiving end of that right like you can't relate to totally no that's actually a rule I've developed uh, with David Bathwater we've been good at having less people who are like faces because I realize mm -hmm. there's a lot of events that are better for people who are only focused on like being authors and uh, you know being a, a face um, mm -hmm. so we used to have a mix in that when we were first starting out weren't curating quite as well People would be, you know, grabbing selfies with each other and be like, go delete that. That's not part of this event, you know, and, and doing stuff like that. Just because we didn't want to create that environment to make people feel comfortable in their own skin and not like they're part of someone's little plan, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's important. So, yeah. So you would just sit down next to someone and just have a real conversation. That seems yeah. like. Crazy. I'm always pretty curious about people and, you know, my parents were good at teaching me how to ask questions and do that kind of stuff so yeah so what yeah. so you said you got into online courses did that information business that was in 2004 you said uh ish yeah um yeah. really kind of took off in i'd say like six and seven was when we became like successful like i had done multiple six figure and seven figure launches in like a week period back when the internet mm. was crazy like <clears throat> because we gave away all our revenue for the year, I'm doing some internet marketing again. Mm -hmm. And I took about a seven year break. It's a lot harder now. Um, like <laughs> yeah. I really had it easy. Um, you yeah. know, me and my, my partner roommate, we started a software company that ended up selling stuff. But when we started this, like we did the first ever course on video sales letters. Um, and mm -hmm. it was a complete accident. Um, we were managing this guru guys list and we sent out an offer and the list always did okay um but all of a sudden we're getting these huge commission reports from this uh, affiliate campaign we ran and we cannot figure it out because i tried to double check it and i can't even figure out how to buy the product that we promoted 
It was mm -hmm. a live presentation that was filmed. It was almost 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. You had to watch the whole thing to hear him tell a URL at the end to go buy mm -hmm. the thing. And I couldn't people did that. Um, <clears throat> our like person who watched it all said it was great and like sent it out, so we did it. But then the commissions just kept rolling in. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? And it reminded me of some of these scammy conferences we saw where they give you a great content piece and then some really intense rush to the back of the room to buy this kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's what happened is people were forced to watch the whole thing. So the people who it didn't matter for didn't watch it. But the ones who it was hitting the nail on the head, they finished it and they were sold when they got there. And so we like asked the dude who's listening, can we look at this and try to figure out why it worked and make something. So we grabbed four products from ClickBank and took their sales letters and made keynote presentation versions of them and made a script that hid the button uh, until the very end of the video and started sending those out. And we were getting like 4X the long form sales letter conversions on them. And we were like, oh, this is, this is a thing. That's how we kind of learned. I mean, we were young and wild and crazy and just trying to figure it out. And I think the launch of that course did close to like 4 million in revenue, but we didn't really know how to run a business. So I think we lost $250,000 on it because we gave away massive affiliate prizes. We had a zero <laughs> questions asked refund policy on a $2,000 downloadable product. Um, you know, so it was a good, good learning period back then when, you know, people could just blast some emails out and make some sales and right. traffic was easier. Um, it was harder then to sell to an older market because they were still scared of putting credit cards in on the internet and things like that. Um, but it was, it was a wild time for sure. Yeah. So what have you been doing now for info business? Yeah. So it kind of was the same deal as the about that was sort of burst organically. Um, <clears throat> we had, um, looking at the product across the screen, but a guy who had this amazing uh, CBD and that craze came out and everyone's got a CBD product and we did some research before we let anyone into Bay Bathwater who was selling those things. Um, and he was a B Corp, it was certified organic. He actually had spent like a million dollars with a legal firm, getting the patents on it and making sure it was a, a real product. It's not just some isolate from China with a nice bottle on it. Um, so he had a great product. And there was two or three people at one of the event talking to him. They all really wanted to tell their audience about this product. Mm but he didn't know what an affiliate program was or knew really what sales mm. letters and some of the things that were needed for that function to happen for them to tell their audience. Got so we coached him and nothing happened because um, he was busy running this company because his big deals are more selling the ingredient to larger companies that put it in. And so just couldn't really wrap his head around it. So we created a private affiliate network just for the purpose of two people who had really large reach wanting to promote it we said, we'll just take 10% and we'll write the email sales letter. We'll do all the tracking. They send it out and it did really well for, for them. And so now we're just sort of curating it. And basically we built a, like a boutique sort of private affiliate network where we've got a handful of health and wellness products and we're pairing those owners up on podcasts, um, getting review pages and blogs and things put together. So it's very performance based and, the re there's a bunch of ways we could probably run it to be more cash efficient for us if this was our main business. But I don't want to screw up any of my relationships because I still want to get back to full time on the thing we like. And this right. is all performance based. So like we don't owe anyone anything when we, 
when we do something, it's a win because it's performance, but no one can beat down our door and be like, I paid your retainer, you owe me X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And yeah. so we talked so a little bit about, about botting you, right? I'm looking around here to try and find some. You connected me with Brandon, so we're yeah. working with him on, but this is what it looks like. Oh, nice. I saw one of your posts. I like the uh, packaging, yeah. Yeah, this is this is the one that's on the market in Denmark and that I, you know, bring into the country and I got tired of that. I think I have the new design somewhere here. Um, this is what this is a printout of. This is what we're looking to. Oh, cool. That yeah, I think yeah. I saw a, a mock-up of that you shared. Yeah. A lot better, yeah. So pretty excited. I'm probably going to fly out and do a, 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 a flavor flavoring and like uh, next. Oh, week. nice. Yeah. Brandon's great. He's helped a bunch of people in the group with their stuff. And honestly, it, it's putting us back into a hole. We're working on formulating something right now because we're busy taking a performance cut, but we're seeing all the data and doing all the stuff. And uh, a guy who just joined the group as well. So we kind of opened up like 15 new spots and uh, came in. He was, turns out to be this, amazing ingredient person he brought this tackle box of all these different formulas he's made to uh the little shindig we did and i had this one and it's a uh, more of a neurotropic type ingredient and i went wake surfing and i was the most dialed best friend i've ever had and i was like what was that and he explained to me that caffeine's got multiple particles in it. he's isolated the clean burning one and i had more confidence than i should have had um and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I think we can sell that to poker players and athletes and <laughs> like that. So we're, we're doing the same thing. Nice. Uh, All yeah. right. That's cool. So, it, I mean, it's fun, like, like, you know, life throws you these curveballs, right? And then, like, it opens up a new thing. And, I mean, it can't hurt. I, like, when this whole thing was going down, I was like, people were talking about, you know, you know, we're doing these stimulus checks, right? So giving people $1,200 a month or for a couple months and all that kind of stuff. And Andrew Yang was talking about universal basic income. And I was like, look, like how about like a personal UBI? Like let's te teach everyone how to make an extra thousand dollars online. Like mm -hmm. even if you have a job, it's kind of nice to have a like a thousand dollar a month side business, right? You can always turn up the dial on that thing if you, if you really need yeah. to. Yeah, it's funny. I had a lot of conversations recently around that, especially like, I mean, I think there's the world that you and I live in of this more like entrepreneurial thing, got an idea, start it, figure out whether it's through investors or your own bootstraps to fund it and do it. But then there's this whole new world of quarter the gig economy and freelancers, which is also sometimes used to be a side hustle that I think now is turning more into it. Like I actually had a call yesterday of a guy wanting to start a baby bathwater type group for freelancers. And then another guy who's a, consultant to like Deloitte and NAS and all these big companies about how to work with gig economy freelancers. But he's like sick of doing all this work for these corporations and then they don't implement it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I do. I, I think there'll be a massive silver lining um, out of all of it. Um, because, you know, we were just used to our, our easygoing ways. Me and Michael were joking. We're like, it's like Pleasantville out there right now. It's just like everything was kind of <laughs> going too smooth. It was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So tell me about like starting a, a, a group and a network. How many people in, is in the group are in the group now? Like 280 right now. All right. Um, oh. And that's humans total, but sometimes there's partners and uh, business mm -hmm. partners. So it might be less than that in entities of primarily mm -hmm. like about 150, 60 of actual business entities. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, this has honestly just been the greatest 
thing ever because I see how much value can come out in different ways for people. I was mm -hmm. explaining it to someone the other day that if you set up a bunch of <clears throat> opportunities and features and stuff for people, they're not all going to want all of them, <clears throat> but they're, if you're dealing with smart people and you curate it, right, they're going to know how to get their value uh, on an immense level. And it sometimes changes through their cycle. Like, you know, Katie and Seth and Jesse and a handful of people have been in since day one and their journeys have changed quite a right. bit. We've always been able to be valuable to them, mm -hmm. whether it's like they're going through something personal, there's some people who can relate with them because they're in those same lanes or they're growing something new or they're selling or they're whatever. Um, right. I kind of want to be valuable. Once people have reached a certain level of comfortability with risk and entrepreneurship, and are also on the flip side, personally, just good, genuine humans who are curious and are down to have their minds change, but also down to share their advice. Could be valuable, like all the way through that. Um, mm -hmm. But honestly, starting it, our goal was like, who are those amazing people that you would stay up all night talking to in the lobby of the conference because you were sitting in there watching some content, being like, I'm wasting my time when there's all these amazing people here and I'm not connecting with them while I'm sitting here listening to something I can watch on YouTube. And so we kind of set that up with our, our first event, maybe 50 people. I think me and Michael each put in 10 grand and said, let's just throw a party and invite all the cool people we've met for the last 10 years of traveling around events. And, you know, I think 50 people showed up and that was really sort of the start. It was more for us. We wanted to get ideas about what mm -hmm. business we should start. And then they were like, that was awesome. Would you do another event like that? We'd pay for it. And, uh, <clears throat> invested in uh, Powder Mountain Ski Resort in Utah, became an owner there, and that gave us a, like a really nice canvas to paint on. It's like, hey, I get this huge private ski resort, we can start throwing some bigger events. Um, mm -hmm. It's where Summit is also, right? Yeah, yeah. so I was invested in that project. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, have a house up there and, and sit pretty involved in that. Um, so do you have your own house or is it like timeshare kind of thing? Uh, no, so there's 40 of us who uh, invested in Bot Mountain, and all 40 of us got a piece of land, and about 20 have built homes. So I actually think I built the third home up there, um, and you know, and stuff. So I'm actually. So is that your personal thing? Yeah. Personal home. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. It. I'm actually gonna try to flip it, and I'd like to build one a year. Um, turns out that scratched a new itch in my entrepreneurial distractions. Uh -huh. I I loved. So it turns out most people hated. On tangent, going on tangent, but like most people hated the building process. It took them forever. Mm -hmm. Contractors, I think I got lucky with a great contractor, but I loved staying up at night on my iPad, like working on SketchUp and working on the plans and building the whole thing. I'd like to build a house a year. Like I, I really, really like that. Um, That's so cool. I love what you said, like the gathering the people that you love to stay up all night talking to. Like, um, and and you guys have done a phenomenal job of of curating that and 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 gathering those people. What so when you when you're pitching it is like is it you know this is going to help you grow your business? Is it like more like the belonging, great. the connection? Like what is? That's a great question, and I think it's sort of a result of our lack of pitching it and selling it um, where it's mostly been referrals where someone else is usually queued it up and I'm almost on the reverse, like making sure that it's not a stretch. Um, I get, you know, applications and things online for it where I can just tell it's not 
going to be the home run for them, where it's more like, oh, if I can get in here and be connected to those people, all of a sudden, all my problems are going to go away. Um, mm, right, right. I really like for people who are like, I'm down, like, if, if you took that money and lit it on fire in my driveway, it wouldn't change my life because my business mm-hmm. is working. But I do know if I go in organically with a bunch of other smart people and spend time together on a regular basis and engage and do the stuff that there's an exponential thing, but I don't want to target it. So when people come in, like, I want to come in and get better at digital marketing from your people or I'm looking for an investor. Like, generally, that's not a good fit. Um, the best quote we had from someone is like, treat it like an acid trip because if you have an expectation, um, you're never going to get it. But if you don't know what's going to show up, then it can be better that way. Um, but to the point of the pitch, like uh, the other day, someone was asking me like, you know, what can I expect to get and this and that. And I was like, well, if you don't like know what you're doing already and have a functioning business, where you have a team and if you meet someone and get a new idea, you can bolt something on and do it. But if you're running by yourself, growing something all on your own, like most likely it's not the right fit. So I actually refer a lot of people to other groups where now there's this nice little network. And that was always one of our goals because I love, you know, I'm a part investor in Summit and have been involved with Mavericks and a bunch of the other groups out there where and there's like mastermind talks, all these different ones are there. And sometimes like, actually, no, this would be a, a better one. And this would be a better one. Where I've noticed, you know, I just have a good gut feel when I'm on the phone with someone and they came from our referral that I'm just like, this is, we want a little bit more quirky crowd who are down to be different. And they don't want to follow anyone's plan per se, but they want to hear what other people are doing and create their own version versus some people really like linear courses like here's my seven steps to this and things like that but we kind of like the more organic um creative yeah. entrepreneur doer than the yeah. very linear type a kind of folks yeah do you sometimes send send like really crappy people over to some network that you hate just to fuck with them <laughs> no i mean i wish i had one i like truly hated and i probably would uh, <laughs> but well, yeah the biggest thing is so, because me and Michael do these calls, I mean, we've, we've done close to 3,000 interview calls each um, over the last few years. And the good ones last like 90 minutes and the bad ones last like five minutes. Um, and you can just sort of tell it. I'm a little softer than Michael, but I've heard him on the phone and be like, I can just, we can probably stop wasting each other's time. This is not going to work. Um, you know, it's just different. And it, it's definitely not a good or better type of thing. It's more just, I, I think there'll be more things like we have that evolve over the next two years as like we expanded we have all these online communities, in-person things have gotten different and it's just different niches of humans yeah. who have a different reason they bond. I want, I want to make my own too. I get, that's definitely one of my, one of my ambitions and dreams. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's the most powerful fuel going back to when we made the decision to like give away the farm and do the whole thing. Uh, I told people the thing I love most, from our end of owning the group, which I actually feel like the community actually has taken over and what we do, we just listen and then drive when we hear a majority kind of decision. But mm-hmm. as a business, we own it. Less financial, more relationship stuff. Like if we, if everything got wiped away from our side businesses and everything that's there, I feel like the relationship equity that we're left, we could oh, for sure. restart with zero ideas, zero finance or anything and keep going. Where we used to have a good network, but now I like, really know everyone intimately because with the number if they want a phone call i come on it 
And usually yeah. I only hear from them in times of distress. So I've been there for these folks for this many years now when they're, you know, usually down and out, something's going on and, and we're there as like entrepreneurial psychologists. And then we have no agency or like, here's the, the service we provide. It's more like, I heard you. Let's try to connect you with these few people, see if they can help, or here's what happened when I went through that. And so it's like getting a PhD in entrepreneur psychology over the last seven years, but also just building tons of really, really quality relationships. Um, yeah. I think that's worth more than any balance sheet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the whole game also just like, I mean, we're not, we're like, why do we live? Right. Why do we do everything that we want to do? I mean, it's, it's to, to share, you know, love with other humans. That's what drives it, isn't it? Yeah. And it's gotten me into so many cool things is there's so many conversations I wouldn't have just through business correspondence. <clears throat> and like, even my father, like has come to most of the events. You might've met him at the event mm -hmm. in Cabo and like, I mean, he, he was he knew he needed to lose some weight and do some different things and just coming and being around people who actually take action on some of this stuff and learn some cool health things he's lost like 40 pounds and he's tried some new things and some new thoughts and ideas and it's brought us closer so you know it's pretty cool it's amazing man yeah <clears throat> it'd be fun to see if my dad will show up to my event so what would you what would you say for for me you know starting something like what yeah, I mean, I think centering on how to be different, like we actually didn't focus on what we wanted to be. We focused on what we didn't want to be for like three years. And like, there's all the things and that's how we kind of came up with the name. It was all the bathwater we didn't like about going to events. Um, like I hated going to fluorescent lit corporate building, like, you know, conference rooms that pay a bunch of money to go to. And I'm like, you could have been more creative and done this in a better environment. This is someone sacrificing their family time or time with their team or whatever to be at this. I wanted to focus on having good food and all those things were like dressing. But the main thing was curating on people. Like the amount of conferences that I sat at and even masterminds and stuff where you're in a conversation with like five people and one person just keeps distracting from the conversation mm -hmm. and, uh, and taking it like that time is so valuable uh, to be in a room with all those people. So we focused on, making sure we didn't have that going on. And at the beginning, we'd probably remove six to seven people in an event and refund them and send them home if they were destroying conversations, um, mm -hmm. which was sort of tough. Well, my partner's way better at it than me. Um, mm -hmm. I could see it, but actually executing on it, he was better. Um, How did you find out? Like, were you overhearing that? Or were people yeah, yeah, talking got about a, it? got a really good feedback loop um, mm -hmm. going on, like, you know, within the group. And generally, it was more like someone just constantly just pitching their thing um less about you know we're like you got to be open-minded to other people's opinions and ideas i think that's important but it's if you're sitting and people are helping each other and having a real conversation someone's constantly getting back to the oh i'm raising money for this or my service does this and it yeah. just it takes away um uh, from from how the whole thing works um yeah i mean to, to your question i think it's more about what you don't want it to be and that mm -hmm. gives that's you don't hear a lot of people, I don't think, driving that way. Michael's always been really good at that. Uh, like, let's build a plan on the things we don't want to have happen. Because everyone goes to all the fun woo-woo stuff. And uh, that's, like, easy and it feels good. Like, we're going to be creative and we're going to be, you know, everyone's going to have this thing going on. But what are the things you're going to make sure for sure don't happen? And I think those guidelines are important. Um, and then also don't get married to the idea 
<clears throat> our idea has evolved a ton of times. I guarantee it won't look like what it looks like now, 10 years from now, it'll be some kind of different. Um, so being agile is huge. And a lot of the masterminds I had gone to in my early like, you know, internet marketing career, they're very linear where they clearly bought a course on how to run a mastermind. And I just followed the steps. I'm like, hey, we don't have to end this talk right now. This is going great. They're like, oh no, we have the buzzer rang. Like this is how it works, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so being agile has been huge. Um, you know, we've we've written a whole run of show with plans of how it's going to go, and then we realized the real value is these people right now are in this thing. We need to change the plan so that keeps going. Um, so I think some of the the more agile things and looking at the the preventative stuff that happens when you put people together that can take away from the value. Um, yeah. And then also just making sure it's something fun that you want to do. Um, I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned early on. Cause I, I filled a, a big conference room with people who I was teaching some copywriting or some internet marketing shit too. And uh, I remember being like, I don't really want to go have drinks or dinner with like most of the people in this room right now. It was like a, I forget what it was, some professional network of some kind. And I was like, moving forward, if you don't really love your customers that you're with, then it's going to be a drudge to, to get through it. And you're not going to come up with creative ideas either. Um, it, it's not something that you want to do too. Yeah. No. So true. All right, man. Um, this is super, super interesting for me to um, hear a little bit more about, about your story or background. Um, do you have links for people? Do you want people to follow you? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, babebathler.com is like all the stuff about the group. We can learn more there. It's usually about six months behind what's actually happening, but there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I use Instagram, but it's more for like lifestyle stuff. Like I'm very into the adventure sports and some of the crazy wellness stuff out there. And, um, What's the craziest wellness thing that you're doing these days? Um, well, so actually when we get off this call, I'm going to the biohacking center, um, mm. which has been awesome. It's just a whole bunch of these biohacking toys I get to play with. Mm. Um, and so I'll go do red light and then I'll do cryo and I'll do the Vasper machine and um, all these things. And it's just sort of, you know, fun there. Every morning I pretty much do sauna and cold bath um like the ice bathing thing which i just moved to a, a house with a lake in the mountains which now is colder than i could ever get my ice baths it's very different doing a full dive into the water versus just crawling into a tub of ice um <laughs> and i've gotten really lucky i'm sore from head to toe right now there's a, a place in town that was like a facility for training athletes that has tons of equipment and different things and all these trainers but covid caused it to shut down this one trainer guy that uh that my partner found is running privates there and so i've been going two days a week with him and getting trained by the same guy who trains the athletes for the football team here at the campus and get my ass kicked and it feels good uh, <laughs> um so yeah well no it's all over the place but it's the craziest thing which in my mind wasn't wellness at the time but turned out to be the best thing i ever did i i lived in the woods for 135 days um when i was 20 and taught me a lot and it was it was great it was actually kind of hard to come back to the world after that mm. lived in the woods and what like completely isolated 
Uh, so it's like a small group of people that slowly whittled down. Um, but, you know, it was a curriculum that was put together by this thing called Knowles, which is the National Outdoor Leadership School, which is like, I, I thought it was pretty cool as a prerequisite to become an astronaut. You got to go through the program and um, just taught, you know, leadership skills, but I also thought my life plan was to be a climbing and rafting guide and do all those things. And until I figured out that I'd rather just do those for fun. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of worked out that way. Fun. And so like, but like living in the woods, like, you know, hunting and shooting and killing or no, I mean, we, packed, your own food. So we actually planned it a big part was planning it so we, they have like a headquarters in lander wyoming but they've got mm-hmm. uh some teachers do a two-week course where you get your wilderness emt for your medical training and do a bunch of those things and then you plan your route um the, the test is executing the route and all the things you plan uh-huh. So you're not in the same split spots, but like 135 oh, yeah, days yeah. is pretty My long. My first 30 days were all above tree line in the snow, doing mountaineering stuff in the Wind River Range. And then I was on the river for uh, a little under a month and then in a canyon for a while and then a backpacking section. And a place I had to meet, but I had set up horse packers where I had boxes of food, like maybe a half of a book and a replenishment of flour and different things to, to make food and, and do that along the way. And I had the whole map that I'd laid out with meet the horses here within a 24 hour window. So you had to plan your whole route. And we went from top of Wyoming all the way through Utah and then back through Colorado and ended there. Um, and that was awesome. Uh, I really loved that. That was a cool part of my life. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, final thought that you want to leave people with? Uh, yeah. I mean, the world's about to be different. So bet on the long run, don't get, don't get weird and shut down. I, I find myself in that, that window of time here right now, all the time when you used to just be able to execute on anything. And it sort of, I felt like worked um, because there was so much going on, so much certainty that everything was going to be the way it was yesterday as it is today. Um, right now, like it's not over and it's different. And, you know, even a couple of days ago, I was like, man, this, I really hope that, you know, when April comes around, we're hosting this next event and doing this thing. And I'm going to continue forward with hopes of the future. But I think the folks who go into that scarcity sort of mindset and don't push through, they're going to have to rebuild even worse than those who stayed a path of like, Hey, we're going to be in this together for the long run with their customers or um, business partners, whoever it is. And, and weather the storm and come out stronger than before. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. All right. Thanks, Hollis. What do you need help with? What can I do for you? Uh, good right now. I'm just gonna just gonna continue. We've got a whole plan of how to try to just keep doing stuff virtually until we get to the back to the real roots of things. But no, I'm good. I'm excited to support you as well. So please keep me posted as your uh, supplement gets rolling here and Anyways, we can we can help with that as well. All right, man. All right, take it easy, man. Be well. See you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast episode. After 20 years as a serial entrepreneur, it's my passion to bring you ideas and insights from some of the best entrepreneurs, leaders, and thinkers in the world straight to your phone. We're going to be launching many, many more podcast episodes in the future, so please subscribe and leave a five-star review if you found any value at all from today's conversation. Your reviews and feedback mean the world to me.